May God's word be a, truly a blessing to us this day. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we touch upon the fruit of Christian joy in the scriptures. Uh, we find that that subject is very expansive. And when I say that it's very expansive, I mean that in a couple of different ways. One of them, of course, being like what we hear in Philippians chapter 4, that we're supposed to be finding ourselves rejoicing in the Lord always, and then uh, the apostle reiterates that and says, I will say it again, uh, rejoice. And so you see that this this call to Christian joy is something that is to be lifelong. It's supposed to be something that covers all of our time. The other thing is that we just find as we read through the scriptures, and we just, of course, are taking a sampling here, but we read through the scriptures and we hear about the calling to rejoicing and the call to joy in, in many, many different places. And to see Christian joy covered in such an expansive manner as we see it here uh, is really a consolation to us. And it's a, it's a real challenge to us in a way, too, because we're tempted uh, to take the other side of things. Right? There's a great temptation in many ways uh, to not act as if there's any joy to be found in life whatsoever. That we're just going through life and, and everything is miserable. Uh, and, and that almost, almost as if the fruit of the Spirit is, is more grouchiness or it's more bitterness or it's more misery than it is joy. Uh, thankfully, God's Word, when we open it, shows us a different way. That doesn't mean there isn't affliction. We read about it. But we read about the predominance and the fruitfulness of joy that is to be part of the Christian experience. Well, we're going to try to put some focus on this rather expansive subject, and I suppose five points makes you think, boy, I guess this is really expanding because we're looking at five points instead of three points, but they'll all be uh, rather condensed points uh, that way. But there's just a number of different areas that we can cover. We're going to try to cover five general areas of Christian joy this morning, and we're using First Thessalonians to help us with that. We're using Galatians in the context of that to help us with that, and then other passages of Scripture that help us to flesh out what Christian joy is all about. So first of all, uh, as we look, we see in our bulletins, there's the joy of receiving the gospel, the joy of reconciliation, the joy of praising God, the joy of God's direction through life and the joy of following Christ. So we'll start with number one, the joy of receiving the gospel. And that's something the Apostle Paul saw in the Thessalonians. He thanked God for them that way. Again, it's the Apostle's practice. It's a good practice, right, to, to not only say thank you, but to thank God for you. Uh, and that's, that's very, uh, very much at the forefront of so much of how the Apostle speaks, is with a thankful heart. Uh, as he as he encounters God's people, so we find that then that that he's thankful, and we see in our text why he's thankful from First Thessalonians six when we read about the joy that the Thessalonians received from the Holy Spirit in hearing the message of the gospel. It's called the joy of the Holy Spirit, and that that joy is fundamental. It's foundational 
to any other joys that arise in the Christian way. And within that joy was the joy, as we hear in this passage, about the transformation that God has brought to bear on the lives of these people. It's more than that, because we'll talk about that in a moment, but it certainly is that. Uh, it is that, that transformation that these people have, have found. It, it's found in, a, in especially in the tail end of the passage where uh, how they had uh, the kind of reception that they had among them and about how they had turned to God from idols and to serve the living God, uh, the one who delivers them from the wrath to come, that transforming uh, kind of experience that has occurred through faith in Jesus Christ. Because without that transformation that happens, uh, <clears throat> the kind of joy of, that's being talked about doesn't make any sense. Uh, in that joy, there's that joy of knowing that they don't have to face the wrath of God anymore. They're waiting in hope, as they talked about earlier in the passage, uh, for Christ to come to, to bring full deliverance from uh, the wrath that is awaiting uh, others. Christian joy is knowing that I was once lost, you see, and, and now I'm found. It's knowing that I'm no longer, like we heard earlier today, a slave to sin, that when you read the law of God, you look at that and you say, yeah, that's in the context of somebody that has been taken out of the misery of the slavery to sin and into the joy of God's relationship, but also in the joy of serving him. He's no longer dead to transgression, no longer living in the dark, no longer dirty, no longer unholy, no longer old, but new. And that joy is the transformation that comes through the receiving of the gospel message. You receive the gospel message, the, 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 the response that is to occur is Christian joy. It's Christian joy. It's, it's, it's the joy of discovering or rediscovering or being reminded you know, that God loves with an everlasting love. Uh, of knowing that of all the things that one has become, you know, an heir, uh, a temple, chosen, owned, part of the body, part of the tree, part of the vine, rooted, well, equipped for good, shepherded, children of the Father, servants of the King, subjects of the King, free because you've known the gospel truth. And when you see all of that that's been placed before oneself, then the response is joy. To know those things, to understand those things, to embrace those things, uh, to know that those are yours personally, not just somebody else's. That you can't match that anywhere else. You can't buy that anywhere. It's a joy to the world. To a world that, when it receives it, uh, would understand this is truly a, a matchless gift. It's a joy that the world cannot give. And it is truly a fruit of Christ's spirit then that this joy occurs. Foundational to all other Christian joy. You know, all sorts of things can happen to us, right? Fun things can happen. Happy things can happen. Sad things can happen. Painful things can happen. Things that sometimes we don't even understand that happen. 
But whenever we go back, and that's what the Apostle Paul's doing here too with these people, he's encouraging them to that end. Whenever we go back and we, we, we meditate on this new relationship that we have known with the Lord, then we're reminded again, or we discover for the first time, a joy that can never grow old. Uh, we find a joy that our, our, our circumstances cannot hold a candle to. They can't overthrow it. And we find this joy that renews us, that moves us ahead, that encourages us to press on, that, that strengthens like nothing else can. And that's why we can say that the joy, you see, of the Lord is our strength. Because we know the joy, and we're reminded and we're assured of that new status uh, with God through faith in the gospel. Foundation. You see, we need not only to believe on that gospel, but we, we constantly need to remember what we've become, what we've received, what we will receive. And then when that's happening, then the fruit of the joy is consistent in our lives. It's displayed in our lives because, because we're remembering again or we're, we've received the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. That fundamental joy then, as I mentioned, is kind of the springboard to the other Christian joys, including reconciliation and forgiveness, which we recall from Galatians 5. Right? The fruit of the Spirit is joy. And that was in a context of, of knowing the joy of, of, of no longer being estranged from God. Part of what, what Paul was concerned about in Galatians was that people were trying to find their way to God by themselves. And there was no joy in that. He called those kind of people being bewitched. He says, what's, you know, what's taking you off the road of happiness? There isn't any joy in being estranged from God, and you can't fix that. Only God could fix that. People find a worldly and evil pleasure in being apart from God, you know, but it's, it's shallow, it's empty, it's temporary, and it's not like the deep and lasting joy of being reconciled and forgiven by the Lord who remembers our sin no more. Now that kind of gets us back to that first point, but we're, we're moving towards what's different about this point. And that is that from that joy where you have known reconciliation, there arises bonds between Christians that not only should be there, but should be closer all the time. And you know, Galatians, Paul speaks so much about uh, the, 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 the works of the flesh uh, that when you hear them again, you can see there isn't any joy in them at all. You know, who takes joy in biting and devouring one another? Where is there joy in jealousy? Really? If you're jealous, with a, who sits there with a, a, a joyous complexion? when they're jealous about somebody, or if they envy somebody else for what they do or what they have or what they say, or, or when they hate, or there's this discord or where there's rage. I mean, who, who carries on in rage with a happy face, with a joyous outlook? <laughs> right? Dissension and factions, revenge and grudges. Those are miserable things. They're bitter things. They don't leave people. They don't leave people in Christian joy. 
Who doesn't take joy, on the other hand, who doesn't take joy in seeing reconciliation and forgiveness and, and seeking a forgiveness? I can tell you that Margaret and I, when we would have our kids at home, and if they would have a little bit of a friction between them, and when that all got reconciled, when that all got forgiven and forgotten, when that all got uh, to a point where people admitted that they shouldn't have been like they were, and others said, it's okay, let's just keep moving. You don't think Margaret and I were happy to see that? Absolutely. And I'm sure that those two, there was a joy in seeing them reconcile. There's no joy in holding things forever. What a miserable family existence when, when reconciliation eludes us. Grudges harbor in churches for years. I've seen it. I'm not talking about I'm not saying about here. I'm not talking that way, but you see it. You see, I've seen it. You know, what a miserable work environment or learning environment when people can't forgive. Or they aren't forgiving. You think there's joy there? It's always in the back of the mind. You know, but what a joyous moment from the Spirit when because of reconciliation, we can carry one another's burdens like Galatians would continue to talk about instead of making burdens heavier for other people every time they see us or we see them. So there's, there's that kind of a joy, the joy of reconciliation. There's, there's the joy of praising God. And, and that's, you know, we're, we're chock full of that in, in the Scriptures. It's very difficult to praise God when we lose sight or we don't know His redeeming love and we base praise solely on the moment. Like, what has God done for me lately? When, when things were going swimmingly, then I was happy to give praise. But not when things are not. And yet we open our Bibles and we hear, I rejoiced when they said to me, let us go to the house of of the Lord. Or like Psalm 31 says, I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love. Yeah, what has he done for me lately? He never stops being a steadfastly loving God. Right? His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Right? Give thanks to God for good is He. His love endures forever. Yeah, he never stops being faithful. It may not be the, the nicest time in one's life, but He doesn't stop being faithful because that's what His Scriptures tell us. Let the bones that you've crushed now rejoice because they have known the blessedness of covered sin. We sang about that earlier. No matter what's happening to us as a Christian person, as a Christian person, we've known covered sin. Which means that we stand in grace. And He deserves our gratitude. That this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. 
I'll rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Psalm 119, 162. Psalm 97, verse 1 says, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitudes of isles be glad. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Boys and girls know that one. Psalm 100. One person has said, God is not a despotic king who coerces his people to serve him. Loving service is grateful response to the grace of God. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. I'll rejoice like one who rejoices in the harvest. There's a, there's a place where people can know what it means to rejoice in the harvest. And we are to rejoice in that way. We, we rejoice in our victories and our successes. If somebody wins a race, if, if somebody scores the winning basket or the winning touchdown, we're all over it. We're all over it. Well, worship, as reverent as it's supposed to be, is also to be equally joyous. And worship should be a celebration of joy in the victory, the reconciliation, the goodness that we receive from God, to, to, from Jesus Christ, or in Jesus Christ, whose steadfast love endures forever. It's always there. Praising publicly encourages others to share in our joy. I mentioned it earlier in the service. I'll extol the Lord in all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Let the, the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let's, let's exalt his name together. So when we're praising, obviously God is praised. But others benefit too. Right? Joy-driven worship helps the whole body rejoice. Like the apostle would say, when one part rejoices, we all rejoice. You know, joyful worship is contagious. That's part of what brings us here. It is obviously the focal point is on our God. But when we're here, it's an encouragement to my brother and to my sister. And they may just need my presence so that they in their affliction may find in our inspired, joyful worship reason to worship as well. Because they're reminded again, yes, there is the joy of the Lord. There is the joy of the Holy Spirit. And when our worship is joyous that way and when we're motivated towards that, Others catch the joy of worship. And so, yeah, we, we give God what is due Him. But we're also being a blessing to others around us who also have been called to find the joy of the Lord. Such joy and worship includes a joy for the direction that God gives. And that's our fourth point here. Working all things to the good of those who love God who are called according to His purpose. Joy in God's constant direction. That's the most deep-seated portion of Christian joy because the joy is not a, of a shallow variety. The moment can be like that of the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 1.6 because what does it say? It says, they received the word of, of the gospel. They received the word in the joy of the Spirit amid much affliction. They paid a price to be imitators of the Lord 
imitators of the apostle and to be one worthy of imitation. Because they were an example to others and it wasn't missed. The joy of the Holy Spirit wasn't missed in their life. But they paid a price for it. It was in the midst of affliction, but it was worth it. And they rejoiced in what it was worth to be believers in Christ. See, their Christian joy went beyond the moment. It was directed to who was behind the moment. And where that moment was taking them. And who was with them through it all. See, that's a deep-seated joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. It's tough to rejoice and be glad when people insult you. Right? The Sermon on the Mount says, when they insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of Christ. That's hard. You feel like a stranger and an alien in the world. You pay the price for that. When you're not dishonest and you're not vulgar and you live by Christian principles, there's a many who won't appreciate that. And there doesn't seem to be much joy in that kind of a way of life. It would sing. Now, nothing's wrong with enjoying life or enjoying God's creation, but life isn't always fun or easy. I don't have to tell you that. Because this is one of those sermons, right, when you're getting it ready, you're thinking, boy, you can really sound like you're going to be flowering it all up and disconnecting yourself from life. And, and disconnecting yourself from your congregation. But we realize, and the scriptures realize, the passage we have, the text we have, says there's affliction. Life isn't always easy. The Christian life's trying, and it tests you. It's an endurance race that we all have to run if we're Christians. The Bible will even tell us that, right? Uh, you're going to be persecuted if you're a Christian. But even though we suffer, and, and though the climb is high, it, it's... It's the, you see, it's the joy of where this is, where God is leading us that keeps us going. That's what kept Christ going. Right? The joy that was set before Him. It's the joy of God's promise tomorrow that needs to reside in our hearts today. You know, when a woman's undergoing labor, what keeps her going? It's the joy that's set before her. It's the joy of the baby that's to be born. Keeps her going in pregnancy too, no doubt. And when that baby comes, the joy overwhelms the pains of the past. And so it is with Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And that's with Christian joy too. Because the more we can keep our eyes on where God is leading us, then the more the fruit of Christian joy and of hope and of optimism and patience and gentleness and goodness is going to bear in our lives. And then people will marvel. 
And it's not the fact that you never cry or get hurt or get sick or are never attacked by anybody. What they'll do is they'll marvel that you never give up on the joy of knowing that God is directing everything to your good and to everyone in Christ who is called according to his purpose. And see, that's the kind of joy you and I are called to display in Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. And with all that talk, and it, it really leads us, and it, it, it doesn't keep us, it's kind of a connection here between four and five. In this, joy, in this joy, we cannot forget the joy of following Christ, which our passage certainly mentions. Imitators of the Lord, and doing that in the joy of the Holy Spirit. The psalmist says, I take joy in following your statutes as someone who rejoices in great riches. If all of a sudden a pile of coins just dropped into your lap, it'd be hard to be grouchy about that. Now we take joy in following his ways. The Lord says that his commandments again are not burdensome. We heard last week that, that love rejoices in the truth. Instead, so instead of people looking at you and, and or looking at me and say, you know, he lives this life of envy and jealousy. I rejoice with those who rejoice. When one part rejoices, we all rejoice. The Bible says that we are to honor elders so that the work of the elders can be a joy. We're hoping in a few weeks to have some professions of faith, and that's always a blessing when, or interviews, and, and that's always a blessing for the elders to be able to see that. It should be a joy for us to make the work of the elders a joy. Right? We, and we do that, but the way, well, how do we do that? Well, we do that by following Christ. Right? It's like when we see those people making profession of faith and, and, and we hear them and they, they speak of what the Lord has done for them. And that makes you happy. It, just makes, it makes you rejoice. You know, I, I have that when I, when I sit in uh, profession of faith classes where people are making you know, strides towards that and we talk about those things with them. I told that to the elders. I said, those are the things. I said, I could, I could do those things all day. I could do those things all day because it's just so enjoyable to hear people of various ages from various backgrounds who I get to know and who I get to not only know, but I get to hear them and they speak about how they understand what the Lord has done for them. That's a joy. We can do that in lots of ways, of course, by loving others, taking joy in helping out. Uh, we get a chance to do that again this Wednesday, with the, even, even, <laughs> even this afternoon, if you've you got time, with the chapel. Enlightening loads for others, to live for our husbands, die for our wives, raise our children well, share with those in need, being like Christ. And so much so that our passage says that, you know, Others can't help but, but see the joy of the Holy Spirit. It, it's not something that just was in Macedonia and Achaia. You can see it all. People could talk about it all over the place. And what keeps people from those joys, sometimes they get too busy. Sometimes they, 
don't use their time well, they lose sight of the joy that is ours in the Lord. And sometimes we're tempted in believing that joy should be only for us. Joy should be the joy that we receive. And that's an easy thing to do in a world that's constantly telling us that the joy of life is to believe that it's better to receive than to give. All right, where's, your, where's your joy found? What kind of joy do you have? It, it, is it this here today and gone tomorrow kind of variety, or is it deeper than that? Is it deeper than the thrills that come and go? Is it centered in God? Is it given by God? Is it directed to God? Is it, is it based on the redemption that you've known in Christ? You know, we should all want it so that as people see us walking down the road and as we walk before the Lord, that people would say to us, there goes a person. When I see that person, when I know that person, there's a person who knows the joy of the Lord as his or her strength. There's a person who knows the joy of the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Gospel, the joy of reconciliation, the joy of praise, the joy of God's direction joy of following Christ. That's what you want people to see in you. Christian joy. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray that uh, in